Edmonton and Locked On Goals. San Diego and Ontario play each other three times this week. We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Goals Thursday. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. Let's get right into it. We've got a very full show today, a very long show today, as I will be joined very shortly by Sarah Avampado. Yeah, Sarah Avampado, she's coming on again because the Ontario Reign and the San Diego Goals face each other not once, not twice, but thrice this week. The first of those contests took place last night at Pechanga Arena. So we're going to talk about that, a little bit of a preview of the next couple of games, and a little bit of look at the playoff picture. And we're going to talk a lot of stats today. That part of the program will be a little bit Ontario rain heavy because there is a certain player that could hit a specific mark later this season. So we're going to talk about all of that today. Without much further ado, let's get right into it. Coming on the program right now is Sarah Avampado from Locked On Los Angeles Kings. We're going to talk instead about the Kings team that is guaranteed to make the playoffs and the the uh, Ducks franchise team that like looks like they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, we're yeah. going to talk yeah. about the Gulls and the Rain. Uh, so I will just hand it to you, my friend, to uh, to to help guide us through talking about all of our average sons. First off, can I just get the hashtag out of the way? Yes, go ahead. Hashtag let the kids play. There, out of the way. That being said, we're going to start on the goals side of things because the goals before playing the rain had two games against Abbotsford that went about as well as the Kings did against the Avs in that Mm. it didn't go well. Mm. Two games up in Canada, two losses, two not so good losses, to be honest. I mean, it was a 6-3 shellacking and a 5-2 shellacking. Neither game had a whole lot of good. I mean, the only good was Alex Limoges again on the power play, which, by the way, a great article out on AHL.com by our friend Patrick Williams, who had a great piece about the route that Alex Limoges has taken. And Sarah, he's an alum of a place that you're familiar with. He's a Penn State alum. Yep. And for for him to go to Penn State, captain of that, go undrafted and be a force with the goals. That looks pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a Penn state alum myself, spoilers for anyone who didn't know that already. um, It's exciting to see like the program when I went there uh, back in the dark ages, because I'm apparently really old now. um, When I went there, they had club hockey. They didn't even have like anything. They played in literally an old falling apart barn. Their part, their like opponents were like West Virginia university. So like that's my college hockey experience was sitting on like a splintery piece of wood heckling the West Virginia goalie. Uh, and then, of course, several years after I leave, the Pagoulas decide to throw their money at Penn State and help get them brand, brand shiny new arena, get them a D1 team that uh, is do- fair doing, pr- you know, they got good way faster, I think, than anyone thought. And so seeing, um, you know, alums from that program and Limoges out there with the Gulls, um, it, it's like how I felt about when Marc-Andre Fleury was on Vegas, where like I wanted nice things for Marc-Andre Fleury because he's a nice guy um, or any of the like Vegas guys who I covered um, in the AHL, like, but I want the rest of the team to fail. That's sort of how I feel about like Alex Limoges and the Gulls. Like I want him to have a nice day, but I don't want the Gulls to win games. 
Oh, You're come welcome. on. I mean, you're making, no. you're making it sound like Penn State hockey used to be like the Buddy Robinson of hockey. Almost. I mean, it, it didn't exist. So, yes. <laughs> that, I'm just saying that's how you're making it sound like. Yeah, because it didn't exist, much like Buddy yeah. Robinson. Yeah, he had the power play goal. He had two apples on the other game, which, by the way, shout out to Hunter Drew. The arc of Hunter Drew going from defenseman a couple of years ago to transitioning to forward, and now he's a full-fledged forward. Did you know Hunter Drew has 16 goals this season? Oh, oh good on him. I wanted to look. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to look on your face when I said that Hunter Drew has 16 goals this season. And you're like, what? Surprise. Yeah. So that sets the stage for San Diego. On Ontario's side, they had what I consider one of the most bizarre games I've ever worked. Ever. The, the raid were on the brink of disaster over the weekend. And I don't know what happened. Like, what? And I'm watching this unfold in front of me. Stockton has a huge lead. And then there's this ginormous delay that happens where part of the stanchion falls off. With exactly, I remember this, with 6.30 left on the clock. Now, a little bit of, like, insider. The timeouts for the AHL are normally under 14 minutes, under 10 minutes, and under 6 minutes. So we hadn't taken our last media timeout yet. So there was six and a half left. At first, the ref said, can we just make this our media timeout? Because this will be longer than two minutes. They said, yes. Then it became apparent it was going to take longer than five minutes. So they said, um, what should we do? So I'm not going to go like full like back background backstage details. But I will just say that it took 18 minutes to get that whole thing fixed. And they stayed out there. The Stocktons, and I watched both sides. The Stockton side... Half the players were down on one knee, just kind of winning it out. The rain players, they didn't do that. For about 30 seconds, the whole team was huddled around the bench around Hyten Johnson. And I don't know what exactly was said in there, but something must have been said that fired them up because not long after that, there was a good goal. All right, that's fine. Then the rain started inching back in the third period, and that's where like all hell broke loose. It got tied up three to three, then tied four to four, then tied five to five. And everyone's going through all the emotions. Taylor Ward gets his first pro goal. And then it goes all the way to a shootout. And that's where magic took place. My God, I, I'm sure you saw the shootout goals. Mm -hmm. They were just works of art. That's how yeah. I described it. Getting to see that shootout goal up close from Jarrett Anderson Dolan. He did a slight little bit of a fake that just got Dustin Wolf to twitch just enough to get that pad up. And that allowed Jared Anderson Dolan to go five hole. And that was the game winning shootout goal for the Rams. I mean, I, I still don't know how that happened. And I still can't equate what I saw against the Stockton Heat. It, it, it was bizarre. It blew my mind. Yeah. I feel like in terms of like looking at it from the rain perspective, in terms of, okay, this could be a potential like Pacific division, you know, fine. Like fine. You know, those two teams could have to meet each other to get out of the Western conference. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it's good at least to see the rain are hanging with the heat. And we know that the heat are like one of the best teams in the league. They were the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Um, so it's good at least to see that these aren't, blowout games and that, that that will make fun playoff hockey if they uh get to each other we're going to keep talking about 
the gulls and the rain, including the upcoming matchups and uh, the game last night that I hope you all watched instead of watching the Kings, because that game at least was fun. Uh, we're going to talk about that next, but uh, I believe you have some cool stuff to tell us about with Bet Online. Yeah, so Bet Online is where the game starts. It is the one place that has you covered and the one place that ha- that we trust with all the latest props, odds, and bets. I mean, look what just happened in Major League Baseball. You had some weird stuff happening in baseball. I'm sure you're aware that the Dodgers have a little bit of ire on them by yeah. not allowing Clayton Kershaw to go for a perfect game. Spoiler alert. Yeah, everyone got real mad. But you know what's coming up? The NBA playoffs, the play-in tournament taking place. And you got some important games, including the Clippers trying to hold on to that eighth spot. The Timberwolves are in the playoffs. You got the Atlanta Hawks with that blowout victory. So the NBA playoffs are starting up. And of course, you know what's starting in two weeks? The Stanley Cup playoffs, which you're excited about. Yeah. Stanley I mean, I, I get to think about them. It's so yeah. cool. What's that, what's that like? And yeah, what what's that like, Sarah? And also, don't forget that you have boxing, you have MMA, you have all kinds of sports for you to check out the latest props and odds. So once again, head over to Bet Online using your little mobile device like this or using your laptop. Once again, that is Bet Online. That's the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And Sarah, they should gamble responsibly. Probably put a bet or two on the Ontario rain during the first round because it's looking like these two teams will be... Hey, here's the segue. Yeah. These two teams will probably meet in the first round in the play-in. And the rain looked dominant last night. They looked completely dominant. This is now no longer part of the ad read. But (laughs) what can I say? The power play, one of the best, if not the best in the entire American Hockey League... And they had the guys back. They had their three-headed monster back. Imagine when they get Jordan Spence back for the playoffs. Oh, boy. It's dangerous now. It's going to get more dangerous later because you had TJ Tyner, Jared Anderson Dolan, Martin Furk doing their thing once again. For those of you Kings fans that watched last night's game, you had a lot of fun. For you Ducks fans that watched the goals game, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a complete blowout. Donna Pachanga Arena. I felt bad for the goals fans down there. For the rain fans that did drive down, you were treated to something because first period, Martin Furk on a power play from guess who? Jarrett Anderson Dolan and TJ Tynan. We'll talk more about Tynan in a second. Second period, Martin Furk from TJ Tynan. And hey, look who's back. Christian Willannon is back with the Ontario rain. Yeah. Yay. That That's fun. Yeah. Oh, and then Willannon scored. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. And then Taylor Ward, off from his game-winning tour, (laughs) scored his second of the season. So good for you, Taylor Ward. Not Angels Taylor Ward, but Rain Taylor Ward. And then Martin Furk on the empty net. Hat-trick at at San Diego. Rain won 5-1. But hey, Bo Grew scored a nice little deflection goal from Maple brother Trevor Carrick. So that's cool. The goal scored a goal. It, it was a blowout. It was just a complete shellacking. I'll give props to Matty V. I thought Matt Vlalta played a very good game. Lukas Dostal, boy, he was just hard-pressed, especially against that power play. Two for four on the power play. 
two bombs by Martin Frick. One of those bombs looked like it went 100 miles an hour. My God. I mean, it probably did. Um, the rain, for people who haven't uh, been keeping up on it, the rain do have the best power play in the league at this moment. Um, overall, 26.9% uh, has them just edging out Abbotsford, who's second in the league. Um, what I think is more impressive on this one is that the Gulls had six chances on the power play and connected on none of them, um, which is good because the Reigns penalty kill has been like decidedly mediocre. Uh, it comes in like spurts. Sometimes it'll be okay. Uh, overall, they're bad. Uh, it's 28th in the league out of 31, uh, 76%. So good job. Like if, if the penalty kills picking a time to work, uh, they're doing it now. And that's, Great news for uh, for the rain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I will point out is that the San Diego Gulls power play right now is missing one of their key components in Jacob Perot, who's been out the last few games with a lower body injury. That might have been from that knee-to-knee contact that took place about, about two weeks ago. So Perot has been out, and Braden Tracy has been trying to pick up the slack. It just hasn't worked. Uh, <laughs> the Gulls power play. 0 for 6 on last night's game. Um, it, it was bad. It was just really bad. There was there was a couple power plays where there was a lot of movement and some good chances, which is why I'm giving credit to Matt Vallalta. But on at least two of those power plays, there was hardly any... There was so few movement that it needed fiber. That's how bad the movement was on the power play. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to make you laugh, but it was that bad cross ice passes everything was in the perimeter and on one power play like the rain just had get in lanes get it out to the neutral zone so part of it was all of the above part of it was the rain had an amazing penalty kill part of it was the goals had no movement part of it was just good goaltending by matt Valalta. all of them equal a recipe for disaster for the San Diego goals, which is exactly what happened on last night's game. So I am giving credit to the rain, but I'm also saying to the goals, you got to get some more movement on the power play, no matter who you have on the ice. And this is maybe systematic. This is maybe part of a greater problem that plagued the, it plagued the ducks last season where the ducks had a historically bad power play. And it's kind of translating to the goals right now, but Maybe if they get Perot back, maybe that'll help a little bit because they're missing that that key player from there. Yeah, and I think, you know, for, for the rain, they sort of had, you know, th- it's the trickle-down effect of everyone on the Kings is hurt, so suddenly the entire Ontario rain blue line is in Los Angeles. Um, they bring in some reinforcements through trades, through loans, uh, and then now we're also seeing some new players joining uh, from you know their college or their European seasons being over, and I feel like it's a lot for a team to navigate all at once. Of basically having you're, you're starting fresh in some ways on your blue line uh, at this late point in the season. They also just announced today; it was kind of leaked out yesterday, but they signed uh, defenseman Tyler Inamoto. Uh, he played with the University of Wisconsin. He actually is drafted was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes still own his NHL rights. Um, Inamoto signed an AHL tryout deal with the Reign. So technically, like, the Hurricanes can still sign him, like, 
to an NHL deal. It's very weird. And, you know, as someone familiar with the, like the AHL team of the, the Hurricanes, it kind of makes sense that maybe they didn't sign him to a deal right now because they, like, they don't need him. And if he wants to play right now, um, you know, putting him on this deal with the rain is, is fine. Um, but that's going to be really curious to see how it plays out if he even goes and signs with the Hurricanes. But, you know, he's a, he's a big guy from Wisconsin, um, was a really important player there. But the, the team is integrating all of these new players, um, having to work with, you know, you, yeah, you've lost Jordan Spence, who quarterback quarterbacked your power play. Um, you've lost Austin Strand, who's up there now, uh, Jacob Movari, like everyone's gone. Uh, and seeing the rain be able to pull out these games like that crazy win over Stockton, like this blowout over um, the Gulls is really like reassuring for, for someone watching the rain because you're like, you know, I, I see the Gulls as, you know, that potential first round matchup. I'm like, I don't know that I like this. Like they haven't matched up necessarily well all year um it's been very until back and now. forth until now yeah it's been and 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 we have two more games coming up against the gulls um we have friday in ontario and then saturday down in san diego uh so there's two more chances to sort of get that playoff preview between the teams yeah and by the way uh same with the san diego goals is they lost a lot of players to the anaheim ducks because remember during the trade deadline the ducks traded away a slew of players raquel man etc they traded them all off so there's a couple of guys up with the ducks right now and by the way shout out blake mclaughlin made his ahl debut on last night's game i'm sure you saw that like the, the kid looked pretty decent i yeah. mean also former Former Golden Gopher, former buddy of uh, Brock Faber, who is doing the smart thing and staying in college. Yeah, um, we did a crossover. We did a squad cast actually for the Frozen Four, and I talked about Blake McLaughlin at length. Uh, he looks like he'll fit in with the goals. So yeah. I, I liked his play last night from what I saw. But aside from that, um, let's before we actually preview, I came prepared. Uh -oh. So. I have some fun little like stats oh, no. slash trivia for you because oh, no. this this is like my fun part. TJ Tynan, all right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You're familiar with his work. Mm -hmm. TJ, I hope you're familiar. He had three assists on last night's game, putting him at 77 assists. That's not the important part. He now has 90 points in the season. Let me repeat that. He has nine zero points on the season. How many so, games has he played? TJ Tynan has not played a whole lot of games. In fact, he's only played 56 games. Mm -hmm. He's got 90 Which... points in 56 games. Andrew Kowalski, who you're familiar with, mm -hmm. he has 88 points in 63 games. But that's not the trivia here. Uh-oh. TJ Tynan has 90 points. What year? Let's just go by this first. It's been a long time since someone has scored even 90 points in a season in the AHL. We're not going to ask our player. Can you guess what year? When was the last time that someone scored over 90 points in a season in the American Hockey League? I'm going to go with like 2009-2010. Um <laughs> close. You're close. Was it the next that year? That year does come up later, but it's not that. Okay. A little bit a little bit um closer. Like 2012? 2012, yeah. Right. So in the 2012 season, someone scored 
over 90 points. And this is a name that you might be familiar with. So I want to see your reaction when I say this. The last player to score 90 or more points in a season, Chris Bork. Yes. All right. Chris Bork. Oh, good, good for him. Who some might say like, wait, Chris Bork, as in, yes, as in yes, the Bork as in that family, one. <laughs> as in that one. His father famously lifted the cup 21 years ago in Colorado. Yes, his father is Ray Bork. like that's you know it comes up a lot with um with Tynan it comes up with Podorowski like um you know these play usually the reason it's been 10 years since someone has scored that many points is because most of the times when you get a talent that, that is that good in the AHL they get pulled up to the NHL so mm -hmm. people don't get the opportunity to score 90 100 points um in in the AHL um you know, it's been this year, and again, I know this from from covering Chicago. Um, they have a forty goal scorer on their team, Stefan Nason, uh, who it's the first time since I believe twenty ten and eleven season that someone has scored at least forty goals in the league. Because your 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 players who are that elite at goal scoring usually get called up, um, and we've talked about this a lot with Jay Foster whenever he joins for uh, Mini Kings Monday, where we do spend a lot of time talking about TJ Tynan. Um, you know, it it it's it's a shame that he hasn't gotten more of a shot at carving out an NHL NHL role for himself. It's great yeah. for the rain. It's great for whatever AHL team he finds himself on. Um, and you know, uh, earlier like you know, last month or whatever, I talked with um, Jared Schaffern from the rain, and he talked a lot about TJ Tynan and, and the impact he has on the room and the level of dedication and you know he he expects from his teammates. Um, and it's just a great, you know, all around guy. And he, he's getting this opportunity to lead the league in points because for whatever reason, he's been passed up at the NHL level, which is not usually the case in this league. Yeah. I mean, at least Tynan did get a few games up with the Kings this season. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. So I brought up Paul Dorowski, former San Diego goal, because he has 88 points. There's quite a few games left for the Wolves. I also bring up Tynan. He's got a few games left of the rain. They both have a chance to score 100 points. So we could have not one, but two 100-point scores. And you brought up this year already. So I'll just say it. 2010, time that someone scored 100 points in a season, it happened with not one, but two guys. There were two guys that scored 100 points at the same year. They were teammates. They were both part of the 2010 Hershey Bears. And these are names that you might not remember. Well, one of them did play in the NHL for a little bit. Alexander Giroux from the Hershey mm -hmm. Bears. And Keith O'Coin. Remember mm -hmm. Keith O'Coin <laughs> from way back then? Yep. Former New York Islander. Man. A lot of, lot of AHL points. A lot of NHL points. So like O'Coin oh, yeah. actually did carve out a little bit of time in the NHL, which was really cool of him. But Alexander Giroux, no relation, by the way, scored 103 points in that season, did not lead the league. Keith O'Coin scored 106 points in 72 games for the Hershey Bears. He has 719 career points. And I bring up Keith O'Coin because we were supposed to be possibly meeting him 
this past year in 20 like in february because it was announced that he was supposed to be part of the ahl hall of fame mm-hmm. that was supposed to be taking place in laval mm-hmm. so that will probably be delayed into next season in laval so maybe we'll get to see him in laval next year maybe so, maybe so there you go ahl legend keith alcoin 106 points <laughs> ah, the highest mark in ages so crazy there you go brought a little bit of trivia to this there podcast go. there you How go about that? It's, it's it's your specialty so yeah. um what what you know as, as we sort of wind to, to to an end here like what what's sort of the outlook for these next couple of games like what what do we have to look forward to okay so i have a i came prepared i will bet you a dollar uh-oh that the goals will clinch a playoff spot over the weekend. The goals are going to win one of these games against the rain, probably in overtime because that's how these things go. The rain will lose one of the games. The goals will clinch a playoff spot this weekend because all they need is one win out of the two. Can the goals also, also clinch if they get help from someone else or is it all kind of in their own hands? I mean, if Tucson loses, I mean, sure, that could happen too. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the goals win one. They're going to win one of these games. And it's probably going to be the one in San Diego, to be honest, because I think if they're going to celebrate, they want to celebrate that in front of their fans. Yeah. Yeah. So So the the, the current clinching scenarios, this is from the AHL, um, San Diego can clinch on Friday with either a win at Ontario or a Tucson regulation loss against Colorado, which feels probable or um, losing in overtime or the shootout to Ontario and Tucson losing in overtime or, or a shootout to Colorado. So there is for rain fans, there, there are scenarios where we can all be happy here where yes. the rain can win the game on Friday. The goals can still get what they want, which is clinching a playoff spot because Tucson will probably fail. So there we go. Bye, Tucson. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, Roadrunners. I, I went to two Roadrunners games, and I still get emails from them about wanting me to buy tickets. Oh, why? Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. It, it, it's a fun city out there. So looking ahead, I'm going to do a little bit of detailing on this. Uh, the Rain are going to rely on the power play once again. I think Martin Furk, TJ Tynan are just a duo that is unstoppable for standing and for the goals. They're going to be piecewising together their roster right now. Uh, we still don't know if Jacob Perot is going to be back, but they need to improve on the puck movement. I would assume that Lukas Dostal is going to get at least one of those starts, if not both of these starts, because San Diego with this three game skid they're on and with Henderson, all of a sudden remembering that they're a tangible hockey team, they find themselves five points up on the goals. If Henderson wins three more games, then they clinch the sixth spot, and that means San Diego would clinch the seventh spot. Ontario's almost a lock for that number two seed. Mm -hmm. All they need to do is win two more games. If they win two more games, then they will have locked up at least a two seed in the Pacific Division, which means that by this weekend, we could possibly have it locked up that the rain would play the goals in that potential first round matchup. So that could happen. 
So I know that you and I be crossing over a lot more and talking more in detail about these two teams, but there has to be better movement and there has to be better movement along the neutral zone because the rain have been improving on this over the last month and the goals have been getting worse on this is getting the puck in the zone and cross and gaining, gaining entry and not losing it right at the, at the blue line, which is something that they've been doing recently. It's not a good habit to have if you're the San Diego goals. And if you're the Ontario rain, you pounce on that, you pounce on that immediately. Something that they did against Stockton, a very good team. No offense to San Diego. I mean, Stockton is an amazing team. San Diego is a seventh seed. They're right. piece wising their roster right now. I mean, as you have jokingly said, they have Buddy Robinson on their team, who's a good AHL player. He's great in the AHL. But you also have to rely on Jacob Larson, who has been good in the AHL. But these are guys that you have to rely on if you're San Diego. And they're they're kind of thin right now in some positions. I mean, goal, yeah. goal is fine. Lukas Dostal is fine. But he needs better defense in front of him. And he needs yeah. guys to score on his behalf. And, and looking forward, I mean, presuming that everything gets locked in and this is the playoff matchup, it's rain versus goals in the playoffs. Okay, cool. Um, the Kings right now are in position to make the NHL playoffs, like knock on wood. They have a very easy schedule the next couple of weeks. They should be able to get the points they need. Um, that one tweet that went around that was like, Vegas is going to sneak in by one point. And that like, I, I hate, I hate that that scenario even exists, but like right now the Kings are poised to make the postseason. So all those guys like Jordan Spence and, and everyone who we talked about won't be available to the rain most likely, you know, at, at that point, but the ducks, sorry to say it, not making the playoffs. Um, and so what, you know, what like reinforcements um, are going to be headed to San Diego once the NHL season's done? Glad you asked. So the only reinforcement that could come back is Simon Benoit. That's it. That's the list. Oh, you thought it was they, more. I did. I thought they would have paper transactioned like Carrick and I think, I think Carrick's still up there. I, th I would have thought they would have faux moved more people. Nope. And the oh. reason being because he is not waivers eligible. Oh yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, so, so then never mind. Would... I actually don't care then about, because that was my fear, was that these two teams are going to face off in the playoffs. The, the goals are going to send back all their good players, or the, the, you know, the, they're going to get all their good players back from the Ducks, and then ta-da. Um, that makes me feel better. Well, I mean, there there is another, I mean, it's going to be on defense. I mean, everyone up with the Ducks right now is going to remain up with the Ducks as far as forwards are concerned. Mm -hmm. So Vinny Letary, I don't think he's coming back, because uh, he wasn't paper transactioned mm -hmm. because the Ducks were super thin on forward mm -hmm. at the time. So unfortunately, Letary's not coming back to San Diego. Benoit's coming back. Josh Mahurus. I mean, it's really not a huge list for the San Diego goal. So those of you thinking that they're going to get more reinforcements, they're just simply not. This is almost who they're going to roll with, except for defense. And that's it. Great. So, so the great one thing, the one thing that's going to plague the goals, which is plaguing them right now, is injuries. I mean, yeah. it 
it's simply injuries. And especially the injury to Jacob Perot, that could loom very large later on down the line. Yeah. So if he doesn't come back in the next couple of weeks, that it could be a very short postseason for the goals. And I'm I'm gonna try to keep myself honest here and not have too many expectations, but just looking at especially last night's game, mm-hmm. I don't know if San Diego can overtake the rain in a short series. I mean, the Rangers have so many weapons. Yeah. And especially knowing that these are two teams that hate each other, which means the rain are going to end up on the power play a lot. Yep. So good luck with that. Yeah. That's the other thing. Get disciplined goals. Come on. Come on, buddy Robinson. Stop fighting. (laughs) I saw the, I saw that game. I saw that fight. That fight was not necessary. So the goals just need to be more disciplined and not allow a plethora of power plays. Hey, alliteration. How about that? Look at that. Look at that. I love it. Yeah, but Any final thoughts about the rain or the gulls as we uh, wrap up and get ready to face each other a couple times over the weekend? Um, the goals have had the upper hand on a couple of recent games. I'm looking at that 4 nothing shutout the other day, but that was also the Kings had everybody injured. Mm-hmm. Now that players are getting healthy and now that the rain got some reinforcements back, it, it's looking like it's going to be back to how it was at the start of the season. I'm sure you remember that, Sarah, in October and December, those early games where the rain just kicked the goal's butt. Yeah. We're, we're getting back to that. And it wasn't good. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what what two keys I'm looking for in this series is the power plays for both teams. That's going to be a, a big key. The other key is going to be Dostal. Um, yeah. We're going to see if Dostal can rebound from that performance. That was one of his worst performances of the season. And normally when he has a bad performance, he bounces back big time. Uh, there was that game in Ontario where Ole Eriksson X started in goal. And then Dostal came in and allowed, you know how many goals he allowed? Zero big goose egg. So that's what could possibly happen. That's going to be one of my big keys for that game is maybe he comes back and just slams the door. Maybe the bakery will be closed on this one. Well, we'll see. I personally am hoping to see Martin Ferk murder some more pucks. Uh, that's always a highlight of any rain game. Uh, we'll of course keep talking. The Kings and the Ducks play each other. Uh, fairly soon. So I'm sure we'll uh, talk about that. And uh, looks like this might be the playoff matchup. So we'll have a lot more rain gulls content uh, once we hit the AHL playoffs for people who want to hear more from the ducks gulls side who want to like, I don't know, wax poetic about Ryan Getzloff. Where can they find you and your show? It's funny you say that because my Twitter account currently says locked on Ryan Getzloff. So uh, my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks, where you can find the latest on the Locked on Ducks podcast. I talk about the Ducks at length on there, talk about the goals on there. It's always some fun content. And hey, you know, I'll be going to the Ponda this weekend to check out the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I'll also be going there on Tuesday. Hmm, who are the Ducks playing on Tuesday? Hmm. Oh, right. Some team down the road. Gross. 
Yeah. So we we are going to be crossing over more because our two teams in the NHL level play each other twice next week. So you can check that out. Uh, the podcast is free and available across all platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, not Smoke Signal, maybe Smoke Signal, maybe Ham Radio for those of you that like that. So go ahead and check out the podcast there. All right. And I'm on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. The show is at Locked on LA Kings. Of course, also available wherever you get your podcasts, slash also the yep. YouTube. So you can go check that out. Go make sure you're subscribed. We'll make sure that everyone's subscribed to both. All right. Thank you once again for Locked on Anaheim Ducks and Locked on Los Angeles Kings. I'm JD Hernandez saying, have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks and Gulls. Fly together. Caca, caca. That's communication.